This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest today, Christian Bradley. Christian, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm amazing. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we find out what you're actually doing today, if you would, could you please tell us what you want to be when you grow up? Uh, that's kind of a two-folded question. Um, <laughs> it always is. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a caveman. I was, and, and, and I explained that. So I was big into dinosaurs. I yep. love dinosaurs. And... Uh, so my father, I wanted to be a paleontologist. So my father said, when I was like three or four years old, I wanted to, like you said, so you want to be a caveman. But it, was, <laughs> it ended up grew, growing into a bigger love of history. Right. So I'm going to be a history teacher. That was my career goal at, at one point in time. I wanted to be a caveman as well. At one time. <laughs> I dressed up as one for Halloween. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, cool. Well, now tell us, what do you do today? I'm in um, talent acquisition with TriHealth. So I'm recruiting. Um, I, okay. I um, hire people for a living. So that's what I do. You hire people for a living. Okay. Yes. Tell me, what does that look like? A day in the life of like, what does your typical work week look like? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Meetings, phone calls, um, interviews, phone interviews, on-site interviews, more meetings, negotiating with with, um, with compensation when I'm extending offers, negotiating with the candidate when I'm extending the offer, right. um, explaining benefits, um, um, haggling with hiring with my hiring managers that I work with as far as like, money with the candidate. They might want, might want to give them the money that I think they deserve based on their resume. They might want to give them a little bit more. I'm like, no, that might not work. Or they might right. want to give them less. I'm like, no, get paid, pay these people. So um, working with uh, different nonprofit organizations to try to pipeline new talent. Right. Working with different schools to try to pipeline new talent. So it's basically you always have a running list of needs. Yes. And you're always trying to fill those needs with the best candidate possible while representing the candidate in a way that exactly. keeps so them Exactly. So it's home. kind of like being an advocate um, on both ends of it, right? So I want to be able to make sure that I am representing the, the best interest of the candidate and also representative of the company. Because what happens is is that if you hire the wrong individual, right. it can set your, your, your team back, that team back for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, but not to mention the company loses money. So and then you have some hiring managers who want to hire who they want to hire. And then when you say, I told you so, yep. <laughs> you shouldn't hire this person, hire somebody else, you know, so that, that's why you kind of have an email trail. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now, how did you get in this role? What was your career path to this point? Sure. So, um, again, I wanted to be a history teacher. That was my um, my goal. Um, unfortunately, um, obviously, I didn't finish college in, in time to do that. Um, and I ended up finishing later on. But by that time, I was already in logistics and supply chain and customer service and I was working at Procter & Gamble as a consultant um, on a logistics line, pretty much being um, building trucks okay. through yep. SAP yep. Um, um, for um, our CBS team. That project ended after two and a half years abruptly. I was wondering what career, and this is to be totally, totally honest, what yep. career are African-American men not in? Right. Like prevalent in this four, and I did some research in this four fields. How many resources, IT, healthcare, and uh, um, um, education. Yep. So I knew that I'll have to, I'll be about a year or two out before I finish my degree to go into education. So um, I had a friend who worked as a recruiter for a company called Agilon Staffing, and they had a need for a recruiter right. at Western Southern. So I ended up getting an opportunity at Western Southern, making like 17 bucks an hour in 2014, making 200 phone calls a day. Um, wow. Trying to recruit, find up to sales reps and insurance agents, and I had two different territories. 
Kansas and Nebraska and Southern California. Oh, wow. So two and you're in Cincinnati. Yeah, so I'm calling <laughs> people because Western Southern was expanding in those yeah. areas. And I was trying to, dis- obviously, I was learning how to distinguish us from the Mutual of Omaha's and the New York Life's and all these bigger firms. And we had a lot of other things that those firms didn't have. But again, making 200 phone calls a day being, don't call me, I want to sell insurance, click. And, you know, I've been hit certain sales quotas and certain numbers as a contractor because it's a temporary right. job. So the, the grind was, was, was crazy. And then I went from there to a company called Higher Staffing, H-Y-U-R. Um, and uh, this would be an interesting kind of story for you. The Honey Jones played for the Bengals. That's, that's his company. Oh. His fraternity brother is Abe Overeem, who is now my mentor, my big brother, good, um, good, like a like a huge influence on my life. Him and um, the Honey went to Michigan together. Um, they're fraternity brothers actually, um, and they had a smaller, small recruiting firm. Um, I know the recruiting firm, obviously, and, uh, and, and it was he hired me, took a chance on me, hired me, and uh, I actually actually fired me within three months. <laughs> And the reason why he fired me, I, I take you to the story. You, are you a football football fan? A little football bit, guy? yeah. Buddy Ryan and Chris Carter. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't doing drugs or anything like that, <laughs> but right, right. but I was just not ready for that role. Right. I wasn't ready for the responsibility. I wasn't ready as a startup, so I wasn't dependable. I wasn't. Um, I just wasn't ready to step up the way I needed somebody to step up. And I was actually their third hire. It was only four of us that was working at this company, and I wasn't doing anything to add value, push the needle forward. Um, so he fired me. He took me into a conference room. I had the week from hell that week, and that Friday was kind of the last straw. And he took me in the conference room after around noon, and we had a conversation. We both cried because he didn't want to fire me. Right. And um, but that was that buddy Ryan Chris Carter moment when he cut him from the Eagles, and yep. he he recommended him to go to you know the Vikings, and Chris Carter's been clean ever since. Yeah, that and that kind of propelled my career um, to a different level. Um, you know, I, I had several other contract roles, and then a buddy of mine. Um, had an opportunity at TriHealth. Said, "Hey, man, I'm going to TriHealth. Jeff Davis is the director. Um, we're trying to turn the whole TA department around." And I interviewed the TriHealth in July. I'm sorry, October of 2017. I had a verbal offer. He had to rescind the offer because of budgets. Mm. Got a call back in October of 2018, and I've been riding the wow. wave ever since, man. Yeah. So, so I mean, recruiting and. Right, right now, since the economy is doing so well, there's so many opportunities in recruiting, and uh, recruiting, especially with vendors and things of that nature. So you have to kind of bide your time. Sometimes you get into opportunity where it's kind of like with Trump, I kind of got in, and I'm not going anywhere. But other times, like my path was so unconventional. I had like seven roles within four years. They were right. all contracts. They were six months, a year. You know, besides hire, I got fired from there, but that was a full-time role. But everything else, Kroger was a was a was a uh, was a contract role, and yeah. then SOK. I could DHL there for a year. A year that was a contract role. Wow. All these, but I took all of that knowledge that I learned, all those software systems, all that. All of that and, and took it, and now here I am today, and I'm just so blessed and happy to be able to share that journey with people because, again, it's, it's, it's tough, man, and, and it's, it's tough because, again, stability is key, right? I'm, yeah. I mean, it's key. So. Well, it seems interesting because you overcame a horrible situation of being in a role you weren't prepared for, getting yep. fired, yep. but it really kind of fueled you to yeah. succeed, which yeah. is amazing, and then it sounds like you had a very strong network of folks. Absolutely. So, so that's what I think people don't understand. Like, your network is your net worth. People don't understand the power of networking. I think, especially the generation of kids. My 14-year-old daughter um, is in a uh, she's a, a freshman at Fairfield High School, and her and I were talking about this. She's a an extrovert. She's very much like me, but this generation of kids they don't like being around people they don't know. They can they're, they're stuck in their silos with their social media. They can have their own friend groups, and they don't want to venture out to meet venture new out. people. Right. So um, I try to impart in her 
to say, sweetheart, you need to start networking and I'm gonna get you around some because she lives in a, she's a, a suburban kid. Um, I get her every other weekend. And when I get her and when we have our talks throughout the week, I say, hey, we need to get you around some other folks who are not in your in your yeah. network, in, in your in your silo, in, in your in the city, where you can be able to get opportunities. And me, I've gotten every pretty much every job I've gotten because somebody recommended me. Right. Um, I've met people who have been in who have like uh, my colleague Diana um, Long. She's in diversity and inclusion. She was um, her role was limited at the chamber about a year ago, and she didn't went out with a job for a year, and because she didn't have a network. I mean, she didn't know who to. So that I can only imagine that you know it went for her husband having a savings and a pen. Right. Who knows what she would have been doing? You right. Know? right. So I've learned, but I've also learned not to squander your network either, not to burn bridges. I right. burned a lot of bridges in my day. You know, I'm one of these guys who owns owns my stuff. I take ownership right. and accountability. And I've um, unfortunately made some bad decisions that have put me back some years where I could be where I'm at at 39. I could have been where I was at at 20 at 29. But I would not take any of those experiences away because I also learned from those. Now right. I appreciate. Where I'm at, I appreciate being here talking to you today. I really, it's an honor to be here talking to these young people about about opportunities and about jobs right. with TriHelp, and it's an honor to be talking to you. And I'm just how I feel. I'm just blessed to be here, man. So speaking of which, looking back, what would you do differently? Listen to my dad. Listen to your dad. Listen to my dad. My father, um, single father, he raised me. He was just by himself. Kind of anomaly in the African American community the last 50 years or so. But strong work ethic. Uh, my father's my hero. And I wish I, I really wish I listened to him more, right? Um, opposed to saying yes, sir, and then going through one ear out the other. But I wouldn't change. But that's the only thing I would change. But I would not. Um, I learned so much now. I appreciate more than I've ever appreciated before. I don't take. I do my best. I'm gonna take things for granted. And I did that a lot. I took things for granted. I kind of just kind of live for the day for tomorrow. It's not promised on that type of attitude, right? Um, and I do the best I can to make sure that I'm not. Um, that I'm appreciative of opportunities and I, and I take advantage of those opportunities and I pay it forward to people. Not because I feel obligated to, because I want to. And because it was done to me. And that's, I, I really can't put it any other way. Right. Yeah. Have you told your dad that? Absolutely. Oh, he's, good. He's, he's my hero. He knows that. Anybody who knows me, Mina's known me since we were kids. Right. She knows my right. dad is my hero. That's my guy. Right. Um, I love that man. Um, he... I, I'll be 40 in January. This man still parents me. Um, right. Came to my house on uh, on Saturday to um, look at a vent that um, look at a vent that's not this clogged or something, and he comes in and takes over. Right. He comes in. He sees his vent, whatever, and he comes to my bathroom and says, "Son, you might want to put some some towels in here. I'm, like, I'm sorry, some <laughs> um, some um, take paper towels in here, son. You know." We're, we're, Okay, Dad. So I go get the paper and I put it, and I didn't, I didn't remove them, and they're still there. And this was Saturday, so it's just a, you know, it's just a thing that, you know, I would never ever I, answer your question. I would not take anything away, I'm more, I would not do anything differently. But listen to him as far as actions. Right. I wish I would do some things differently, but in the grand scheme of things, I've learned so much and become so much appreciative that, you know, it's it's, it's all in God's timing, in my opinion. Now, let's make the assumption one of our students wants to do what you do, wants to be a recruiter. Sure. What advice would you give them? Um, I would tell them to go to school, um, look into maybe marketing or, or set, um, maybe a, a marketing or a, um, a, maybe, a, maybe a business administrative role, hone their networking skills. Because now what's happening in the marketplace in regards to recruiting is that your corporations want seasoned people in talent acquisition. Mm. They want people who have experienced it. You know, you you hardly will you when somebody gets hired 
from a, cor- a corporation like a P&G or, or Fifth Third or a U.S. Bank or a Kroger right out of college as a recruiter. It could happen, but it's rare. What's happening now is like a lot of these um, vendors, your, your Decos, your Manpower, your ProLinks, your um, Inside Globals, these vendors are everywhere and they're hiring right out of, I'm sorry, right out of college. Right. But it's a grind. Right. So if that's if recruiting or HR is what you seriously want to do, Right. Then you need to network. You need to. It's, it's, it's grunt work at first, man. I mean, again, my first job was making two hundred calls a day at Western Southern in, in, in recruiting. Right. So if you are able to grind and figure out that it won't be handed to you, you know, my niece, says, I want your job. Asia, you're nineteen. No nineteen year old has my job. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, no nineteen year old. You got to work your way up to it. So it, it's. I mean, again, you might have a one off where you might have somebody who may. You know, give you an opportunity at, at, at right out of college right. as a recruiter. If you did some internship, you you really you might have an opportunity there. But in the corporate in a corporate setting, our jobs are so cushy. Right. It's a grind. It's not a grind in, in a corporate setting unless you work for a tyrant. But it's not really right. a grind once you're civilized. But like the grind is on the vendor level. You normally prove yourself. You prove your chops because you have to right. on the vendor right. level. You have to fill that wreck because if you don't, you're out. You're out the door. Right. Um, you don't. You don't hit your ten hires or your five submittals for that week. It's a write up. You don't do it again. It's a final. It's the third one. You're out the door because you're paying for your seat. Right. You know. Yeah. And I'm not going to pay you fifty grand a year or as your base salary if you're not bringing in business. Right. So right. that's that's the grind. So it's no really a blueprint way to get to it. It's just a grind. Right. Um, and if you can get in and inter- I, w- I would say intern, network, start off your junior, senior year in high school, meet some people, get some opportunities, and then as you're in school, just continue to don't don't go work at Abercrombie and Fitch when you come home from college. Right. Go 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 get an internship, even if it's free. If it's free, and a lot of these, and that's I think that kind of starts at home with the, right. with, the, with the parents' expectations. Yep. I think some, and this is another subject. I think sometimes now. With my generation of parents, we kind of we don't do a good job of, of putting our kids to uh, up to succeed very well. Some of the, the parents kind of say, "Hey, you're 18, figure it out." Right. Not a lot, not a lot of them, but some of them do that, and opposed to maybe helping your kid put them in a position to win. Right. And I think that if your kid wants to go to, like my daughter wants to be a graphic designer, she's a freshman that could probably change next year. Me and her mother and her, and her, and her other father are trying to. You know, put her in a position to win. That way, when she's a senior, she has some some internships. She has some things set up. You know, she has some things going. That way, when she is twenty two, she hopes she has a job when she graduates. Right. You know, right. and that way she can start sustaining herself. She want to stay at home for another year or two. The mid stack money. Right. Let's do that. So no, no, that's but, great advice. But I yeah. think it's more so about how do we set our kids up to succeed, and also what do we do to put them in a position to win. Right. I think a lot of us don't do a really good job of that. And no. that's, that's my advice. Is how do we put kids in a better position to win? That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your career journey today, Christian. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.